Edward Keenan in the Toronto Star. Love his work and love when he visits with us. We talk about a budget shortfall, sharing ideas, being collaborative in the city of Toronto. Can it happen? Well, next Monday's municipal election will tell us a lot more about the team that assembles to do just that. So that conversation now on Toronto Today. Well, we're all done uh, the mayoral debates. I'm of two minds. One, I'm really excited for Monday. I love election days. I've loved them since I was a little kid at any level of government. And at the same time, let's cut the talking. Let's organize this mayor and this council and let's get them to work because the city needs it. I'm almost more thinking the latter is more important than the former. Yeah, well, I mean, I think... uh like you, I'm a guy who loves Election Day. I, I like to go in person. I like to get into the ballot box and vote. I sometimes make up my mind <laughs> in in the booth there. Um, I, I think uh, a lot of people have their made, minds made up on the mayoral race. Uh, but I mean, what's equally important to that? And a lot of people think there's not a lot of drama in that mayoral race right now. But, um, you know, we got 25 city councillors in Toronto that we're also electing. And uh, and and who they are is going to be equally important to sort of determining the future of the city. So they got a lot to dig into as soon as the election's over, starting with, you know, a billion dollar hole in the budget that they're going to have to figure out how to make up. Um, And, you know, like a 13 billion dollar backlog in the state of good repair Mm -hmm. uh, that you can see in the potholes on the streets and the unemptied garbage cans and whatnot. So there's work to do. It feels like to me, I watched more of the second debate than the, than the first debate. And I know you wrote extensively about it after it happened on Monday. And I'm I'm actually really all five candidates that were on the stage. Let's not count the the uh, party crashers that came in and uh, and and <laughs> tried to demand their own podium. But the five the five on stage, I've talked to all of them, and I look and I say, you know, if this was a committee and they all had a pl- a mandate to work together, I'd actually be impressed by some of what they could come up with. But that's not the way it works. We have an incumbent with a huge lead and four challengers trying to poke holes into that incumbent. But I think everybody from, from climate Hague to a Penwasi to Chloe Brown was on our show. And just, I thought she just was, was a lightning bolt. And I think I almost wish those people were becoming city councilors. So at least they had a seat at the table, but that's, that's not the route they chose. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, that's, that's not a system that we have here, but I, I thought that during both debates and when I've spoken to, to each of those candidates, at least the, the ones who've made the finals, in particular, I mean, Gil Penalosa, I think, has so much experience mm-hmm. uh, working with cities and whatnot. And a lot of his ideas and his platform, I just wish John Tory, if he wins, would steal them. But then I, I, I also thought the same with with Stephen Punwasi. I mean, a lot of like getting the TTC to uh, develop its own real estate into, you know, revenue neutral uh, shopping malls and 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 housing and offices. That seems like such a, a great idea. And. And uh, as you say, Chloe Brown, uh, even Sarah Kleiman Haga, uh, th- there there are so many ideas there, and I think it's it's a shame that these people have to like lose that there's not a, a place for the runners up. But I but I do think uh, that the the new city council and the new mayor, uh, whoever it winds up being, and in, including if it winds up being John Tory, would would do well to sort of like steal or borrow. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Some of these best ideas, possibly bringing in the the people who put them forward and and asking them to help implement them. I mean, I don't know what the likelihood of that is, but I I have seen John Tory in the past uh, take ideas from his opponents 
and and implement them, including like a lot of the stuff he did with the TTC and buses after his first election. You know, mm-hmm. you could find it in the platform of Olivia Chow. So, so maybe uh, there's a possibility of that going forward. I I would certainly hope so because. Mm. There's a lot of ideas in this city, and what we really need is, is people to implement those ideas rather than yak about them some more. You wrote about the the shortfall in the budget, and you wrote something as well that that I thought was was bang on. You wrote uh, pretty much every year under Mel Lastman, under David Miller, under Rob Ford, and under John Tory, the city starts its budget process looking at a giant hole and then debate debates options to dig step by step out of it. But this is this is a monumental hole this year. And I know John Tory has an idea of the numbers involved. It's X amount of millions of dollars, X hundreds of millions of dollars that's COVID related. That really doesn't that's not going to matter in 2023 to people who who ha- see overflowing garbage bins or potholes or can't get anybody anybody to take care of the parks or open bathrooms. These are the practical things that Torontonians are I, you know, I think they're pretty worried that those those jobs are that, that, that those tasks aren't going to be accomplished because they're just going to fall by the wayside. They're not the most important, but they matter in our daily lives. Yeah, I, I mean, and they're like the basics, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a sense, they're the, the, the thing that lets you know the city is is doing OK. Right. Because if we can't uh, take credit. If we can't keep track of the basics, right? If you can't, if you can't empty the garbage bins and 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 cover up the potholes, then then how can you focus on the bigger things? And and I think uh, John Tory is right. Other people are right. Like a big part of the the budget hole that the city has right now is caused by COVID related things. Like TTC ridership was way down. That that means you know there's a two or three hundred million dollar. Uh, whole whole caused by the lack of you know revenues there right uh the housing market is slowing down because of inflation and and the interest rate hikes that means all this money from the land transfer tax the city has has depended on is not going to be there there's there's a series of things like that and so that's the cause of the budget hole um it's not easy to make up because like to just try and make up that budget hole, you'd be looking at something like if you if you just wanted to raise taxes, you'd be looking at something like um, like a 33 percent increase in residential property taxes. Yeah. And that's probably not even remotely on the table, I think. I think <laughs> but but if you wanted to just cut your way out of it, I mean, a lot of people think, oh, well, if we if we just trim the fat a little bit more, I mean, we're talking about the entire budget of the fire department and the EMS service combined doesn't, doesn't even get us there. Right. Like if you just eliminated those departments, uh, uh, we're, it's, it's, it's a, just a big number. And so, you know, trying to get the provincial and federal governments to come in and say, Hey, uh, can you help us again, make up this shortfall, especially since they have some surpluses, that's going to be a big part of the city strategy. We'll just have to see how effective it is. I don't know. I only got a minute, and I know he can't He can't come out and say this right now, but do you think there's an organized plan for John Tory to go hat in hand up to Queens Park and up to the federal government and say, look, you can't afford for a major tourist destination, the biggest city uh, in the country, to be failing as we will be if we can't get some money? Do you think he's got a plan to go hat in hand, as it were, and ask for cash? Oh, I know. I know that John Tory does have that plan, and Gil Penalosa has that plan. If he were to win, too, uh, because both of them have basically said it to me. They don't use that language of "you can't afford for us to fail," but they have basically said, like these other levels of government, 
need to step in and what we need to do is go and tell them. Uh, and John Torrey used the language to, mm. to me at the Toronto Star building the other day of saying, you know, like this is the biggest, most important, this is the economic engine of the country. Uh, and, and this is a situation where, where you, you need to step up. And so I, I think that is the plan. That's plan A. And that's probably also plan B and plan C <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, is to, to go up university mm. Avenue to Queens park and, down the 401 to to Ottawa and and basically beg. And the saddest thing is I know we're out of time, yeah. but it, it's like the way the city's finances are built these days. This is a, a an extreme emergency, but but that that's basically built in that that's got to be plan A anyway, even in the best of times. Ed, love your stuff. Love your insight. Thanks for making the time. Let's chat again uh, next week for sure. Uh, always a pleasure. Greg, I'm looking forward to it. Edward Keenan, uh, Toronto Star City columnist. He's, uh, he brings some great stuff to our show. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.